Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hey everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you were listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksit, New Hampshire. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you, wherever you get your podcast from. We're everywhere. I'm Pastor Padron. I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul, Nick, and Dave. Hello. We are Sans, anybody from the 724 Lounge tonight, because Sam just decided he was too sleepy to be here. <laughs> Aptly named Sam Van Winkle. He promises to be here next week, but we may not let him. <laughs> Paul will not be here next week because he's going to be on vacation. Yes, I will. What What are you doing for vacation, Paul? We're exiting the immediate area and heading way up north to an undisclosed location. Shenanigans? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there will be where we will be. Ooh, Ooh yeah. shenanigans uh, no, with Paul. We're going camping that way up north. Something. We'll be following the uh, East... How do you pronounce that? Hurricane East I... Aeus? Isaiah. No, Isaiah. They, they, they've, been, they've been talking about Isaiah. Like East Isaiah or whatever. That's how they pronounce it. Okay, Isaiah. But in any, all right. But in any event, we'll probably Smith. be following the the hurricane or the tropical storm or depression mm. or whatever it is by the time it reaches up here. We'll be probably t- tailing it um, on Wednesday. So yeah. But the weather looks fantastic afterwards. So it usually is. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be having a good time. <laughs> so. Well, we are starting off the show tonight with this classic cigar, the Illusione MJ-12. From the Illusione website, it's, this is one of the original documents, which is how they refer to their original uh, blends of cigars. And it uh, describes the MJ-12 as a blend of Nicaraguan Criollo uh, 98 and Corojo 99, and finished with a triple-A grade Corojo Rosado wrapper, medium to full-bodied, and very complex. We'll see about that as we get into the cigar. It is a Toro, it is a 6x56, and the wrapper is the triple-A uh, Corojo Rosado wrapper. It's a double binder, the Corojo and Corojo, and uh, the Nicaragua Corojo. Corojo. Criollo. 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 and Corojo. Criollo. And Corojo. And Corojo is the filler in the cigar. Sounds like you should do it like a 6 by 56 It's a 6 by 56 cigar. It's a Toro. A little bit big for a Toro. But this is America. We like things a little bit bigger than normal. Just like you, Danny. And uh, what are we pairing, Paul, with the MJ-12? What did Kendra make for us? And uh, Sam, uh, 
since Sam's not here, you actually have to so, step in his place. Yeah, so when we realized that Sam was uh, unable to make it tonight, I uh, pleaded with Kendra to uh, come up with a cocktail. And uh, there was a customer up at the bar who was smoking the MJ-12 this afternoon. Heather. Thank you, Heather. And she uh, she said that she was uh, uh, serving uh, Heather the smoke show. The smoke show. Uh, minus the smoke. So the drink is a uh, combination of rum, cognac, cointreau, and lemon in a smoky glass that they smoke right there at the bar. Uh, we're having it sans smoke. That means we have to create our own, gentlemen. Uh, but it's uh, I think it's a pretty tangy drink. I think it's, uh, it's a little... That's little, what she little... said. <laughs> mm. Oh, there you go. Smoke show, baby. Just, you know, you know, retrohale right into your glass mm. and then take a swig. And then you get, you know, that buzz in your nose and your mouth, and it's just tricky. Kind of like Heather. Yeah, exactly. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Luzione Cigars and uh, uh, Dion Giolito, who's behind <laughs> all this stuff, is very much a, a kind of a conspiracy guy, yeah. or at least he wants you to think that he is. And a lot of his cigars are really built around these mysterious names. And um, MJ-12, what does MJ-12 mean? Uh, MJ-12 is a reference to the Majestic 12, <laughs> a supposed group of 12 scientists, military leaders, and government officials put together by an executive order given in 1947 by President Truman to investigate UFOs and to... Uh, recovered downed alien craft. And uh, back in 1984, there were some uh, mysterious documents of which I have copies of right here. Whoa. And my nicotine stained fingers uh, that, uh, you know, now the FBI has since uh, declared these things bogus and has written bogus across the documents. I was able to get the actual documents without the bogus written on them because I am nice. Pastor Padron. And uh, this uh, says here, it's, a, it's a, this is a top secret thing uh, for majestic uh, or magic eyes only. Magic, however, is misspelled. M-A-J-I-C. Ooh. Uh, that may be one of the reasons that the FBI thinks this is a bogus thing. Uh, but it's listed as top secret, and it is titled the briefing document, Operation Majestic 12, prepared for President-elect White D. Eisenhower for his eyes only, uh, November 18th, 1952. And it says on the cover page of this document, this is a top secret eyes only document containing compartmentalized information essential to the national security of the United States, eyes only access to the material herein is strictly limited to those possessing Majestic 12 clearance level reproduction in any form or taking of written or mechanically transcribed notes is strictly forbidden. Ooh. Yet here I have them in my hands. But when was that written? Like 1965? 47. I was close. And uh, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you, you know, I said that it was written for on November 18th, 1952. Nice. Okay, and uh, if you go to uh, page six of this document, 
this is where we get back into the uh, uh, Majestic 12 uh, thing here. And uh, the third paragraph on the page, it reads, implications for the national security are of continuing importance in that the motives and ultimate intentions of these visitors, i.e. aliens, remain completely unknown. In addition, a significant upsurge in the surveillance activity of these craft, beginning in May and continuing through the autumn of this year, has caused considerable concern that new, develop new developments may be imminent. It is for these reasons, as well as the obvious international and technological considerations and the ultimate need to avoid a public panic at all costs, that the Majestic 12 group remains of the unanimous opinion that imposition of the strictest security precautions should be continuous without interruption into the new administration. At the same time, contingency plan MJ-1949-04P-2 slash 78, top secret eyes only, should be held in continual readiness should the need to make a government public announcement present itself. See attachment G, which references the plan MJ-1949-04P forward slash 78, which is written on the side of the MJ-12 box. So that is referencing that part of these documents here. Um, as I said, the FBI has pronounced these things to be uh, totally bogus because there's some typos in there that don't make sense, words that don't make sense. And uh, even some of the typing looks like uh, typewriters type that was not available at that time or at least not used by the government. Um, the tinfoil wrapper on the cigars, if you get uh, an MJ-12, it comes in a tinfoil wrapper. That's also a nod to the whole alien thing, you know, putting a tinfoil on your head to uh, keep you from being uh, probed by the aliens who are passing overhead. So that's where the MJ-12 gets its name. Um, now that we've had a few minutes to think on these uh, things and smoke this MJ-12 and drink this, what is it, the Smoky? Smoke Show. The Smoke, the smoke show. show. What are our initial thoughts on Woo. the cigar and pairing here? Nick, oh, oh speak. Go team. The cigar is great. The drink is a little too sour for my palate. A little you too get, sour? Yeah, it's really, really sour. I can't it's it's tough. It's for me. It's it's really tough for me to to uh, to drink this. I'm gonna drink it, but we know stop you. We know you mic. will. <laughs> stop touching my mic. Um, it's just it's really sour. The sour comes through and it just kind of coats my palate. And it's, yeah, cigar is great. Uh, light spice on the retro hail, earthy, mm -hmm. a little sweet, a little earth. Uh, I thought at the beginning I thought we were going to be smoking the MJ12 Maduro. And I was yeah, extremely you, you thought excited. that last week, and we corrected <laughs> you last week too. Yes, I know. Um, he was hopeful. I was. Maybe next week or something. I don't know. M maybe never. Maybe <laughs> never. I don't know. I never say never. Never say never. We're gonna have it. Never one day. say never again. <laughs> Dave, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on the uh, cigar and the pairing? 
I love the drink. I love the sour. Um, the uh, it's weird. Is that why? Yes. Do you like sour heads? <laughs> I do like sour heads. Oh. You yeah. like sour patch kids? I do, and that's why I don't think it's that sour. I, I thought it was. Maybe I got the bottom of the barrel. I don't know. Yeah. But no, a little earthy and leather, <laughs> spice and retro hail like a pepper. It's. <laughs> Very complimentary. I just like, like a, pepper. a pepper, like a green pepper. No, like pepper, uh, pepper, like, like habanero, pepper, like pepper. Ta- tabletop pepper, tabletop pepper. So like black pepper, black and white, black and white yeah. pepper, yeah, black. which is tabletop peppered. Peppered means black and white. Really? <laughs> peppered. If you say something is peppered, if you have peppered hair, you have black and white hair. That's salt and pepper. That's salt and pepper, Dave. That's salt and pepper. That's salt and pepper. <laughs> It's okay, Paul. Every, we're we're looking to you now to give us some really good notes on on the uh, cigar and the drink. And I will not disappoint you, Pastor. Thank you. Okay, so the pairing, the drink, reminds me of uh, a stronger tang drink, but a little soury. Okay, but having said that, I think it's a great contrasting pairing. It is bringing out Why a little bit a more because it is bringing out a little bit more of the natural sweetness of the cigar to me. Now, the cigar on its own, uh, I've mm. smoked the MJ-12s numerous times. Yep. Uh, you got a lot of cedar, wood notes, spice, creamy, almost nutty flavor. Yeah. Uh, w- just wonderful flavors out of the cigar. Uh, not one flavor overpowers the other. With the drink, it is bringing out a little bit more of the of the sweetness, almost like a... Uh, a burnt sugar um, mm. so um, I think it's I, I actually the more I drink it the more I'm actually liking it in the, in the beginning we're a little like okay this might not be the, the greatest pairing but as I'm drinking it more uh, I'm starting to get those flavors out of the cigar that I probably wouldn't have on its own so I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it it's definitely a contrasting pairing yeah and uh, you know there, there's nothing sour at all about the MJ12 the MJ12 is silky smooth creamy it's got this caramel like sweetness to it there's this little tad of cocoa i get in the background but uh woody notes leather notes like uh uh, dave and and nick have said um i'm i'm still making up my mind about about the drink but uh like paul i'm i'm i guess you know there's a there's a quote from uh the t- television show Castle that uh, I think fits this, you know, where uh, Castle is is explaining um, uh, this gross uh, omelet that he's made with, you know, a s'more. He calls it a s'morelet, and and he 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 defends it, saying it's like David Hasselhoff. At first you're repulsed, but then you are strangely drawn in. And right now I'm kind of being strangely drawn in, but I'm not yet making up my mind. Uh, so there you have it. Now, have have Dave? I I know you watched yes, season Tim. one of the Umbrella Academy. Yes. Did you start watching season two? We just finished episode six last night. You just finished episode six last night. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are looking for things to do in this COVID-ridden time when there's not really much out. Uh, movie-wise to do, The Umbrella Academy is a great show on Netflix. If you would like those uh, uh, shows that are 
based off of uh, comic books or graphic novels, of which this is. And in, se in season two, episode four, the show is actually titled The Majestic Twelve and references this group of 12 secret people uh, and somehow tries to connect them to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Whoa. It is a On the left. secret society of uh, very, very powerful men that you do not want to mess with. Has anyone else watched, uh, any of you watched The Umbrella Academy? I have Netflix? not. Nope. Nope. Lame. Mm. But now I'm going to have to. No, it's a, it's a it's a very well done show. Not going I, to. I love the uh, the wow. one of the one of the taglines for the show is you know when they were kids they were superheroes now as adults they're dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the true. other the other tagline for season two, which uh, I personally seem to identify with in my own family, is a uh, same weird family, new weird problems. <laughs> yep. And uh, it Amen, fits, brother. but it's, it's a very, very good, very well done show. And, um, uh, you know, but that whole, you know, so this whole Majestic 12 thing is still, it, you know, it's in television shows. You know, the X-Files was all, you know, into this, the, all the conspiracy theory stuff and everything. What do you guys think? Do, do you, Paul believe in ufos i do you do yes Does. have you ever seen a, a uh, UFO. ufo i don't believe i ever have i mean i used to really gaze at the but stars. i want to i used to gaze at the stars when i was <laughs> sometimes younger sometimes i just go outside and say i want them to take me away yeah yeah lately <laughs> yes yeah, someplace that's Come normal away would be great me. right now um yeah, no, I, mean, I absolutely do believe in UFOs. We can't be the only ones out here. This vast universe yes. of stars and planets and mm -hmm. all that, we cannot, we cannot for a moment think we're the only ones out here. Yeah, I agree. You agree with that, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. You agree, with, you agree that aliens exist? Uh, somewhere out there. Somewhere out there. Yeah. But not here. Maybe here. Maybe here? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely believe that they've, they've visited us and they continue to visit us. Do you do you think we're in kind of an MIB kind of a situation where the aliens are hidden among us and could be yeah could be uh, yeah. I kind little of... muppet like things that are hidden and mm. people like bodies but I don't for a moment think that they look like what we have been told they look like these, well these... what what are you referring to the little gray men yes these odd looking creatures that have three fingers and E.T. type. They look like Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. No, I, I, oh, I think they're probably a little bit more like us. Where is my P-46 explosive space modulator? That's right. I'm going to blow up the Earth. No, you're not. <laughs> Dave, uh, do you believe in aliens? I absolutely do. Yes. However, I, yes. I absolutely don't think they've been here. And... Why do you Why would not you say think that? they've been here? Why Dave? would you say that? Dave? Because there's no evidence. There's yeah. no evidence. Really? What there's about Roswell? Roswell people. Area, Skin, Skinwalker Area, Ranch. Area 51. That's it's that's that's just human phantasm. It's just human nature. That's that, human to, phantasm. Yeah, it's just yeah. so. We, have, have you not seen Independence Day? I, I watch it every <laughs> Independence Day. MIB. You know, you I know, love the idea of it, but Will here's, Smith, here's, here's Tommy the Lee truth. Jones. Our, our, 
for one is why would they even bother to come here? When when you're looking, when you think about because of you, Dave, oh, they must have they they would not find intelligent life here. So, <laughs> Dave, if you think about it, Dave, you're, you're opening yourself up, Dave, for for so many things. So, Including you, anal probes, but I mean, that's not even the worst of it. If you, if you think about the kind of technology that it would take to travel just to get here from someplace else very far away, you're, you're talking about, well, let me put it this way. If you think about us versus like, them, uh, let's say a dog, <laughs> how, how smarter do you think we are than the dog in percentage wise? Depends on the dog. Yeah, yeah. but we go. No, in. no, we're we're the difference. Look, of there like is, look, less than there is a difference. Than, in... There were difference by less than one percent. So if you had something that was one percent smarter than us, would they even be able to talk to us? Would we be even able to understand them? It would be the same relationship between us and the dog. I don't know. I we can't can understand speak... half the thing you say we most can't... of the time. We can't, we can't, hey, even, we can't talk to dogs. Danny's 1% smarter than you. <laughs> we're, we're still sitting here. We can't, we can't even talk to dolphins. Or, or, well, that's, um, not, well that's, that's not entirely, entirely true. true. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's not, not entirely true. true. They are smart, and we do keep them in, but, in, but ca in captivity, but which is wrong, but... The, uh, we still get to communicate with them. Also, it's it's a big ass guy. It's so a big ass guy. It's a big ass sky. Sky. Yeah. So our sky. our radio waves haven't even made it to anything that would have aliens on it, like another solar system that would have like a super Earth or something like that. Even the next or the closest star, it hasn't even anywhere near gotten there. So even if they're matter, that's true, but they could be out looking, there looking for us. They Don't wouldn't you see us. That's Who, my Dave? Point. They wouldn't see Doctor us. Doctor Who. They wouldn't see the us. The TARDIS has already been here. They wouldn't have seen us. The other thing is, is um, let's say... Why wouldn't they have seen if us? You, if you created a robot... This is really robot, deep right If you now. created yeah, a robot... That could go to a robot that that could go to another planet, yeah. copy itself, mm -hmm. blast itself off, and then go to other planets. Yeah. We That, that amount of time has elapsed so much that why hasn't it happened already we would have seen something like that happen haven't you ever watched altered carbon Ooh. so take that to be no that's a good show i rest my case that's a good show i like that show i, I definitely I, watched I'm, that show i am just saying the, the planet so they're there but there's no proof that they're there they wouldn't come here even if they wanted to or knew we were here, unless, but they're there. Unless we are the that, aliens, that, the alien seed that is meant to go out and, and populate other planets that other species. But then, well, it could be. But then, but then, there's not other aliens out there. Then it's just us. Yes. Kind of sitting on our butts, waiting for the Amazon guy to get this, get his crap together, and get that ship going. Well, one of the one of the cool things that just happened was a, a spacecraft just launched to go to Mars, carrying another rover, but this one's special because it's actually going to collect <laughs> soil samples and then return them. Ooh. Ooh. That's nice. So, so when's that going to when's that going to That's going to touch down in probably 6 to 7 months from now. It just lifted off last week. Is that I thought Elon it took Musk's I thought it took years to get to Mars. It takes 7 months. 7 months. So 
in like a year, in, in less than two years. In less than, well, we, I don't, we, we don't, will I have don't we will have soil samples from Mars. In, if they if they touch down, grab and go, yes, but that I it'd probably going to stay there for a while and doing stuff. Why is it? And that's rest. That's if it survives. So the other thing is, is Mars has ninety eight percent less of an atmosphere than we do. So uh, landing something on Mars is kind of hard because things fly differently because there's there's no air pressure so you have to design it for it sounds know. like you've been there <laughs> i watch a lot of science stuff are you but sure we've Dave, never been you, there are you, how sure, do, how are you sure you're not know? the alien i i wish i was <laughs> <laughs> i, I want to be an alien <laughs> i want to be the guy but doing Dave, you all the you, probing you, you can't you can't from <laughs> Dave. you can't say that that Life is only in the solar system. It's beyond. Oh no! Be, there's, there's, way beyond I, that. Not, I think. I think. Uh, I think. Yes. Like, are we talking about if we're talking about plant life and stuff like that? I think that's present in our own solar system. Yeah. It but if is. we're talking about, uh, but, but, you know, intelligent life. I'm saying plants maybe. aren't intelligent. But I'm saying there maybe there's maybe there's a. What I if forget it, what moon it is, but they think there's. <laughs> It has it has liquid liquid uh, water underneath the crust, and they believe that there could be you know fish there. Heather says someone shut off Dave's mouth. We love you, Dave. Uh, sorry. The, the, That's what she said. The, <laughs> the truth is, we may never know, but you got to believe that somewhere out there, beyond our solar yeah. system, there has to be life. No, there has to be. And it, we may, we may, we, again, we may never see it in our own life, but you, you got to believe that. <laughs> the other, out there. the other question is, what if, what if uh, the problem isn't, isn't like if there's life out there? What if it's that they can't get past the point where they don't self-destruct? Like they have a World War Three before they can even become an intel, you know, leave their planet. Like, how close are we to destroying ourselves well, versus getting if, off if, our planet? If Star Trek is true, it's going to happen. I hope so. It's already happened. The Vulcans are out there. <laughs> how do you know they're not more intelligent than we are? Well, I hope they are. How do you know they haven't been around longer than we have? Well, hopefully, they're more they're more empathetic than us. What if we're a science experiment? What, if, what if this is a holographic universe? What if it's like War of the Worlds? <laughs> what if this is the Matrix? What if this is a gigantic Petri dish? <laughs> it's it's probably more possible that we're in the Matrix than, than us having aliens right so now. So then yeah. that leaves aliens. Well, that as being that leads to the another only... conspiracy theory and stuff. What 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 are you, do you guys believe in conspiracy theories? Absolutely. Yeah. What what's yep. what's one of your what's one of the conspiracy theories that you believe in, Paul? Well, or that as, you hope is true. That, well, <laughs> COVID nineteen. Okay, and and it's not in my lifetime, but I, I don't for a moment believe that JFK was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. You don't for a moment all. believe physically that. impossible. You don't believe nope. that. Nope, not at all. And I don't want to get into it, but there there is a another conspiracy theory about his death. We all know that what we're told by the Warren Commission that, thank you, Dave, that Lee Harvey Oswald assassinated JFK. Right. I don't for a moment believe in that that magic bullet 
had done so much damage. It's impossible. Okay, it's impossible, Dave. It's been, it's, it's been, impossible. it's, you can say it, it's been proven, hasn't been proven, but let's, you ever hear of Hockham's Razor? Do you know what Hockham's Razor is? Hockham's Razor? Hockham's Razor is, Hockham's Razor. Hockham's Razor is, all things being equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the correct one. Mm-hmm. That okay? sounds like Spock. Well, you I told you Vulcans exist. So if you believe in that, then you cannot <laughs> believe in that that lone gunman theory with one bullet that has done so much damage. All we need is a stinger of Kevin Costner saying, back into the left. Yep. Right. Back into, into the, the left. left. Correct. So I, I know that it was more than just one person. It was probably, whether it's the CIA or the mafia or whatever you believe in, but it, it, it's more than just that. that that's, the, that that's the one conspiracy that that I, I believe I believe oh, that me, it, it me was Dan, more than just one person it was probably a series of, of, of different people that wanted him dead me Dan and Heather know who was on the grassy no though who five Dave do you believe in a uh, conspiracy theory um, I believe I believe I believe I believe I can fly I believe I can touch the sky easy Jordan I believe that the, there's a lot of truth to the conspiracy, <laughs> to like the major conspiracy series, like JFK, series. like uh, presently COVID-19, Area 51. I think um, there's a lot of... Do you think we actually made it to the moon? Absolutely. How there's, do you know? Because it's, 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 we have moonstones. <laughs> there's, there's just, there's, there was so much... If we want to talk about whether or not we went to the moon, that's easy. There was so much media coverage. There was so much uh, you couldn't you couldn't. It would have cost so much money to actually fake it. It would have cost it would have cost less to go there. And like you said, the simple is usually the truth. It, it was simpler for us to go there than all of the coverage, all the money, all the hours, all the people involved in it to make it a hoax would be. It All you need is easier. a twelve by twelve room with some. You no, know, you're talking black about paint. one. You're not. Yeah, but you're you're talking about the faking of of the actual launch where oh, people saw that. Look at look at how look at how easy it is to make those special effects. Yeah, now people not believe them. people believe that crap. We watched stuff in like two sixty p back then. It was it was hilarious. It was it, it was, was all black and white back then. Dave, you know? they would never have known the difference. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. Nick? Nick? No. Uh, Nick? Um, are there conspiracy theories? Are, are you a conspiracy guy? Uh, not really. Not really? I'm, you think this I'm stuff more, is all bunk? No, I'm more into uh, American history. You're more into American history? Yeah, so like MK so Ultra. like natural, national treasure? Yeah, well, that MK, kind of thing? Well, kind of, sort of. So MK Ultra was my big one because that was like Nigerian candidate brainwashing mm -hmm. and that actually has to kind of do with a little bit of uh lee harvey Ald lee harvey Ald oswald yeah so they were saying that he was a mandarin candidate and he was part of the mk ultra program mm -hmm. so that for me was like you know oh man that well, i they could I make him a super soldier but that still doesn't change his bullet <laughs> no it doesn't but you know what i mean he he was a from what I did research on and I, I went down the rabbit hole that he was a patsy that there was somebody else on the grassy knoll there was another there was another person there was another shooter absolutely so hmm. the whole MK ultra thing and um, 
there were, I believe recently there was a, a house in California that the government was operating out of. That's probably true. That's a very vague yeah. statement that could possibly be true. Yeah. So, <laughs> and there were uh, the LSD trials and stuff like that, where the government was Ooh, LSD yeah, trials. Yeah, they were doping citizens and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and the house that they were doing it out of just recently closed like two years ago that the government was operating out of in California. Do you guys believe that the government is covering up the existence of aliens? Yes. 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 Not even, you didn't even wait or nope. think. You because believe they are covering it up. It's all about control. Yeah. It's all about, uh, it's all about seizing, COVID, seizing opportunities uh, for their own benefit mm -hmm. and not disclosing the truth to the American people. And they've done that countless times. They're still doing it. I mean, they do it, they do it all the time. Every day they do it. I mm. mean, I, 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 I'm, I don't trust the government one bit. I don't care what, who's in office, who's elected, whatever. I, I, I'm very, very suspicious of what they tell you. This has all been very interesting. Uh, I think now it's time to come back to reality. <laughs> And reel us in, Dan. Talk about, talk about the cigar and the uh, drink here. Um, Paul, you have um, just about finished your uh, smoky cocktail. I'm really liking this. The smoke show. I really yeah. am. And so uh, are you still convinced that this is a uh, very good pairing? Yes. Contrasting, but very good. I think it's, it is bringing out a lot more of the, like I said, the natural sweetness of the cigar. Um, this, the, the sour is, 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 is pulling it out, um, and a little <laughs> yes, bit more of the spice it's too. Something. It's transcendent. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I think it's a, I actually think it's a great pairing. I really mm. do. Thank you, Kendra, for last minute, for the last minute. No. Uh, yes. Thank you for stepping up. Yeah. Sleepy Sam decided. That's his new name, by the way. Sleepy Sam. Sleepy Sam. Sleepy Sam decided to sleep because that's what sleepy sam does and kendra the potion master stepped it up hallelujah and came up with a cocktail that went with our cigar thank you kendra all thank hail you. potion master all hail the potion master and we can't and we can't thank be, you we can't thank be, you potion master but we also we love you we love you potion master we can't forget to thank heather too because she had this this afternoon with the mk oh, sorry the mj12 and uh she thought it was a great pairing too so yes. thank you heather she had three of thanks, these thanks heather that's what she said uh-huh <laughs> nick have you changed your mind about the pairing at all no. or are you you still Jesus. not liking it the drink is just way too sour for me yeah yeah uh, the cigar is great mj12 dave, dave hack says what podcast is he listening to <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they always have the conspiracy set uh, section on their show yeah i know right cigar hacks everybody it's another great uh, podcast out there give them a listen good friends of us absolutely um yeah the, the drink is just way too sour if it was a little toned down Tutala. it is if it was a little toned down you get some more complexity out of it um you said there was some cognac and some rum in there. Yes. I don't taste any yeah. of that. All I taste is the sour and the Cointreau. I'm not Cointreau. I'm I don't even taste that. Usually that's really prominent in most drinks that I have See, it with. That's Nick's problem with this. I just he can't doesn't get taste past it. any alcohol. All he tastes is lemon. 
I, yeah, that well, makes it so sour. Oh my gosh. Where's the liquor? Where's the booze? Whoa, Where's the buzz, baby? <laughs> I need to get busted. No, I, just I don't even want to drink it. anymore, and that just sucks. I'm looking forward to the second half. Just put it that way. <laughs> the cigar, I have nothing bad to say about the cigar. I love the cigar. Mm. But the drink... The drink is just, it's its not what I pictured today. It's an X-File to you? It's yeah. Where's, where's Mulder and Scully? It's a conspiracy theory, it's Nick. A conspiracy. It's a conspiracy theory against you. Jesus. <laughs> where's David the company when we need him? Dave, what do you yeah. think about the uh, cigar and the pairing? Are you uh, with Paul it, it is, or with Nick? I am, I'm with, I'm with Paul. I am strangely intoxicated. It is, uh... <laughs> We knew that before the show yeah. even started, Dave. It's a great cigar. Uh, the drink, I love I love this sour. It's have you ever beautiful. had the MJ-12? Have you had it before tonight? Um, no, I have not. Really? You're, so this is, a, you're, this is your first time. So you oh, are an this MJ-12. Is my this is your virgin, virgin experience. Your virgin probing of the MJ-12. So, so Dave, what do you think of it on its own? I, I don't know. I haven't had it on its own. I've had it with a sour drink. <laughs> we'll find out next time. <laughs> you know, podcasts are really about explaining our thoughts. And uh, sometimes that just doesn't happen on this show. I don't really know what to do about that. I, lo I love week. the retro. Perhaps, perhaps it's just the, the drinking, you know, I don't know. But uh, we're going to have to do something about that. Mm. Maybe we could find an alien and have him do a little probing of Dave and get his <laughs> nostrils working. Oh you know, awesome. and, and then, as long as then I don't have things, to slow dance with it. As long as you don't have to slow dance, you'd be okay with a little probing? <laughs> Just buy him a drink and a cigar, and you could probe him all night long. That was a, that was, that was I a have to tell you, Mr. Alien, I don't really think you're here, because <laughs> it was if a, you are, oh my you'd be at least 1% smarter than me and wouldn't think that I even exist, it was a, it because was a, I'm not a dog. It was a, it was a supernatural <laughs> reference, Dan, sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, don't believe everything you hear on Supernatural. Or on the X-Files. Although, you know, the government being run by a secret cabal of cigarette-smoking men, that is not unbelievable to me at all. No. I, I definitely believe it. I, I, could, I could totally believe that. However, they would be cigar-smoking. No, I, I... Well, no, because they're evil, they would be cigarette-smoking. That's correct. So, what, you, so you do why believe do we in assume, theories, Nick? So why do we assume yeah, that people covering things up are evil? I believe in some. There's some that are like conspiracy theories that are just like uh, it's hard to hard to believe. But a lot of them I do. Just remember, for for like the better part of sixty thousand years, we used horses, and all within the last two hundred years, we've gone from that to the moon and to Mars. Okay. So I think it's a good possibility that Paul is right. I'm just saying. So you've heard of the term cognitive dissidence, mm -hmm. where if a specific uh, truth, so to speak, is presented to you, which is completely 180% opposite of what you believe in, 
you find it hard to believe that theory. I get cognitive dissonance a lot when I hear Dave. <laughs> I think of it more like once you I don't really I think of I don't like that term. I I think it's racist. If I hear something that goes contradictory to what I believe, I I can't help but think on it. Well, that's but that's what it is. It's you're 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 unable to get outside your nine dots, so to speak, of how you're thinking. It's it's you now have nine dots. Well, that's not not true because if I'm thinking about it and I'm I'm mulling it over in my head. See, I when I when I think about things, I think about things third person. Okay, it's just easier for me to think. Hmm. What am I, mean, I does thinking? That, does that make sense? Does what anybody is, else in here do that? What is do you he think thinking? Third person? And when I say he, I mean me. But I'm thinking third person. <laughs> I think this is a good time for us to take our break. Yeah. We like the cigar. We think it's great, smooth, creamy. It's got some really great flavor to it. Very consistent all the way down. We're kind of split on the cocktail. I'm kind of, you know, still in the middle of the road. I, I think it's a... Definitely a contrasting pairing, and I do agree with Paul that it's bringing out some of the sweetness in the cigar that you wouldn't normally get uh, without the drink. But uh, with Nick, I I do agree that there is a lot of sour in that uh, drink there. Yum, 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 yum. And um, I'm not a Sour Patch fan. Um, What's? So, you know, I'm, you know, I understand why Dave likes it. Yeah. but there's a lot of cognitive dissidence there. <laughs> so at this point, we'll take our break and we'll be right back. Thank you. Come again. Hey everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there while we switch over to the pipes and get a new set of drinks. Uh, for our pipe tobacco tonight, we are smoking Peter Stokeby's Luxury Twist Flake. It uh, looks like this. It's a wonderful little flake that you can either stuff into your pipe by folding it up or you can rub it out back into a uh, ribbon format. If you're like Nick, you like to rub it out. I always rub it out. And uh, put it into your pipe. And um, from the tin, this comes, you can get this in a tin. You can also get it in bulk. That's how we sell it at uh, Twins Smoke Shop. And uh, But from the tin, it says, a pure Virginia blend from the best fields of Zimbabwe and the eastern United States. Rolled twist flake, then Cavendish pressed and cut. It is manufactured by Scandinavian Tobacco Group, STG. It is a Virginia blend because its contents are Virginias. Oh, oh what a surprise. From Zimbabwe and the eastern United States. Why they can't get specific about where in the eastern United States, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's a flake cut, obviously. And um, we're doing something different tonight. Uh, we're pairing all sorts of different things with this, right, Paul? Yes, we are. What are you drinking with this? I have the 724 Woodford Select. Ooh. I've got the uh, Redemption Bourbon, which we did on the show a month or so ago. What do you got there, Nick? I have the Knob Creek 
100 proof. Knob Creek 100 proof. It is delicious. Is it the Knob Creek? Is it the 15? Knob Creek 15? Is it the 12? Where's the 12? I think it's the 12. 12 year. 12 year? 12 year, 100 proof. (laughs) And it's right up my alley. I love the strength. And, uh, I can taste the alcohol. That's why it. I like it. It's making my tongue jump. It's no lot, sour crap. It's a lot better than the first drink, I'll tell you. Dave, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking <laughs> Sam Adams because <laughs> uh, Sam Adams. What are you drinking, Dave? Um, four Roses. Four Roses. Mm. Very good. Uh, small batch. Anyway. Okay, so we'll be all talking about how uh, the drink we've chosen goes with the pairing tonight. Mm-hmm. And... Um, as we're getting into the uh, uh, tobacco here and the drink, I thought I'd talk a little bit about um, one of the things that this says in the uh, Luxury Twist Flake, that it is Cavendish pressed. What does that mean? What is Cavendish? And um, I'm sure you'll tell us. I am sure I will, Dave. <laughs> we're not going to experience any cognitive dissonance here. Uh, Cavendish is named for, go figure, Sir Thomas Cavendish, who uh, lived back in the uh, 1600s. And while bringing tobacco back from the Virginia colony to the motherland, England, decided, you know, and we're not really sure why he did it, uh, presumably to kind of keep the tobacco moist, to keep it from drying out. Moist. Decided to... uh, pour some rum over it, and then he tightly wrapped it up uh, for the ride back to England. And after several weeks at sea, the tobacco was cut into sliced and then smoked. And to the great amazement of the fellows who smoked it, they thought it was even better than it was before. And so Cavendish was invented. It is not a type of tobacco, but is a process that certain tobaccos are put through that produces a certain product. Um, Introduction to heat and pressure and often sugar or some other kind of flavoring, in Cavendish's case, like rum, uh, are introduced to the tobacco. And most often it's burly that uh, Cavendish is made from. Less often, it's Virginia. But frankly, you can do Cavendish with just about anything. As long as you heat it, pressurize it, um, that makes Cavendish tobacco. And um, the heat and the pressure actually draw out the sugars, the natural sugars in the tobacco. And at the same time, kind of... Uh, drain the tobacco of its natural tobacco flavors, which makes it very receptive to new flavors being introduced to it, like rum, or like uh, you know another another um, Virginia uh, Cavendish that's very popular, also available in bulk as well as tins, is Cornell and Deal's um, Autumn Evening. That's a Virginia. Cavendish blend, and that is done by introducing some maple, maple uh, flavoring to the tobacco. And if you've ever smoked uh, Autumn Evening, there ain't no doubting there's some maple there, baby. Absolutely. It's like uh, that stuff tastes like pancakes and smells like maple syrup. It is amazing stuff. 
if you like aromatic tobaccos. And um, the longer the pressure is on the tobacco, the longer it's pressed, the more intense any new flavors that are introduced to the tobacco are going to become. And this being a uh, Cavendish pressed, that means that there has been some kind of sugaring that's done to this. Now, I did a whole lot of research on this tobacco and I could not find uh, any specific flavoring that I could nail down for sure that was introduced to make this Cavendish. I know that there's a sweet something that's added to this. There's a definite sugar content to this tobacco and we can maybe talk about what we taste, what we might think has been added to this. But uh, the Cavendish pressing of this has definitely introduced something to the tobacco here. So now that we know a little bit about what Cavendish is, um, what are our initial thoughts on the uh, Luxury Twist Flake, which here at Twins, for whatever reason, we don't sell it as Luxury Twist Flake. We call it Turkish Twist. We, we take a lot of the bulks that are available through Lane or Peter Stokeby and give them names, most of which have to do with New England or New Hampshire specifically. Um, obviously, Turkish Twist has nothing to do <laughs> with New England or New Hampshire at all. But uh, Turkish Twist kind of, you know, is a, it's a little bit of a snappier name than Luxury Twist Flake, um, <clears throat> which, while accurate, is somewhat more, less uh, exciting than Turkish Twist. But uh, what are we all thinking of this as we're smoking it? Dave, what are you picking up? You're a Virginia lover. Mm -hmm. Are you picking up those Virginias, those sweet Virginias from Zimbabwe and somewhere in the eastern United States? Oh, I am. There's a very subtle sweetness to this. Um, I love the retrohale. It's very smooth and creamy and a little pepper. And my <laughs> Four Roses is uh, definitely bringing out the sweetness in the uh in the virginia's so mm. fantastic nick what about you what are you uh, thinking of this <clears throat> it was great it's great it's great it's great stuff i can feel the burn on my tongue from all the alcohol that 100 proof stuff <laughs> no it's burn. just fantastic i was just no gonna burn. say are you sure you're not talking about the drink oh well i'm talking about the drink i am talking about the tobacco it's great both are great <laughs> just can you can you maybe expand on why you think it's great? Sweet Virginia's Sweet Virginia. <laughs> Sweet Virginia's. Sweet Virginia Mama. <laughs> um No really, can you expand on that? Nice like explain what you're tasting. Nice light Virginia uh Nice light Virginia's. Yes. We know that Virginia's what kind of flavors are you picking up there, Nick Bot? Nicotine, uh, come on. Light sweetness. Some a little earthy, a little spice, creamy smoke, maybe a little woodiness in there. Very good. And then, and then the drink to complement the tobacco with the earth and the wood. A little sweetness, a little dark caramel the on the finish. The drink just burns it all away so I can start all over again. So good. Oh, yeah. Thank you, 100 proof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Paul, do you have anything uh, more specific to add? I do, Pastor. Thank God. So this is my first time <laughs> having the Turkish twist. This is your first time having the Turkish twist. So yes, you've so, worked at Twins longer than I have, and you've never had Turkish twist. Never had Turkish twist, my friend. Oh my goodness. So what do you think of Turkish twist? I, I'm actually. Do you, li do you like it? I really do. I think it brings out a. a first of all, when I took the first few draws, I got a lot of great dried fruit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of yeah. bread notes too. Mm. It's got a nice body to it, uh, more than some of the other Virginia uh, tobaccos that we've had, <clears throat> where you know with nice fruit too. But this this has something additional to it. I can't pick it up, but it's got a great body to it. Mm. Um, nice dried fruit. The, uh, I'm drinking the Woodford, and I and I think that's bringing out a lot more of the earthy wood tones. Right. Uh, it's the retro hail is really really smooth nice spice to it um just really it, it's creamy smooth uh on the on the exhale too i really really like this mm. very very much yeah there's a bread note to this sweet sweet bread kind mm. of a note um <clears throat> there is a there is a sweetness that i know is not natural to the virginias you know, you, you can just tell it's not, it's something that's been introduced, but for the life of me, I can't really place it. Maybe it's just sugar that they add to this, some sugar water. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, that the sugar that, from the rum, that dried fruit, you know, bread, hay. Um, there is a night, this is a very nice medium bodied tobacco. There's a, there's a, uh, a lot going on here. It's really good with the redemption uh, bourbon that I'm having. It's complementing it really nice. Uh, both are kind of a lighter, medium-bodied uh, uh, blend of things. You know, the tobacco and the and the bourbon are both lighter mediums, and um, uh, I think the bourbon is really complementing it very well and bringing out some of that sugar sweetness that's in the blend. Um, you know, I can't, can I pick out what tobacco's from Zimbabwe and what's from the United States? No, I, I guess I can't. But um, it, it is really nice for a straight Virginia blend. This is really pretty good stuff. How would you guys compare this with other straight Virginia blends we've had, like uh, Carolina Red Flake or uh, Opening Night by Cornell and Deal? Um, or or like golden sliced, which is a, a straight Virginia. What do you guys? What do you guys? How would you rate this alongside those? Well, this definitely has a little bit more of a zip to it. In um, what sense? Like a tang. I feel like it's got like a. It's the, got tang, Dave. Yeah, like a. Citrus You're getting a kind little tang. Component. It's got like a citrus kind of component to it. Mm -hmm. You know, like that same zip you get from you know the the acidity of citrus. Um, not that it tastes like an orange, which it doesn't. It's just got that tang. Oh, okay. There's a little bit more of a spice to this tobacco than the Carolina Red Flake. Carolina Red Flake, the straight one, not the one the Perique, the right. one that came out last year, uh, was just unbelievably smooth. Uh, Red Virginia's wonderful dried fruit, and that's pretty much what you get from it. This one, you're right, Dave. I absolutely agree. There is something to this. There is a, there's a certain, uh, 
I don't want to. I don't want to say the word rough. It's, it's not rough. It's just. It's just something there that that, that uh, it gives it a little bit. Like, I, I guess the the one thing I can say is right, Dave. It's a zip. It's, it's something that that kind of awakens you a little bit more than uh, a, a straight Virginia would. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's there's definitely a difference here. Uh, Matt, who's listening to the show, says there's a sweet nut taste to this that he picks up. He smokes this a lot. Um, his normal go-to has been um, also another Peter Stokeby blend, the uh, Luxury Navy Flake, but he smokes this fairly often too. Mm. Are you guys picking up a kind of enough nutty, what he's calling an afterburn? I don't know. I think he's still stuck on the whole conspiracy theory thing and going to the moon, <laughs> you know, aftertaste. You know, or finish, like we would say. Uh, anybody nuts? Maybe in the retro hail. I think it's. I think it's maybe that. Maybe that sweet bread with the earth mm-hmm. and a little nutty in there. I. I think that maybe what he's picking up. I pick. Or what I'm picking up. I. I can. I could understand some woody flavors. Yeah. He also likes that, to smoke bread. it with Knob Creek, which is a great choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's what Nick's drinking. Absolutely. So Nick, but what do you Nick think? only chose Knob Creek because it was the highest proof thing available to him, not because it was going to go facts. best with the tobacco. It was just to make I up for the fact it. that he did not like True facts. Kendra's cocktail. That first cocktail was was a doozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, for the first time Dave drinks Nick's drink. That's that's correct. For the first time Dave drinks Nick's drink. What? I t- I took it the rest of his drink. Oh, that's correct. Oh, that yes, that's true. Yes. Nick did not finish his drink. That's the first Which one. Which is amazing to me. Nick didn't finish his peas. There's an alcohol he, he doesn't like. Well, it was just too sour. If it was more ba- I, if it was more balanced, then mm-hmm. I probably would have downed it quickly. If it was a penicillin. That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it was a penicillin, forget about <laughs> it. I would have drank that two ways from Saturday. Now I realized, looking at my notes here, that I kind of skipped over uh, Pastor Padron's cigar confessions, and uh, I, I kind of want to go back to that just because I think it kind of it can it can bleed over into pipes. And you know, the other day I was working at the uh, London Dairy shop, and these two guys came into the uh, walk-in, and um, I'm sitting there to register and, you know, at, you know, introduce myself, welcome them to the store, ask them if they need help. They just want to look around and they're looking around and they have their phones out and they're like looking, they're scrolling down these things and they're pointing at their phones. It was, and they were there forever. They were there for like 20 minutes and it was, it was like, you know, they were playing Pokemon Go, but it was, it was with <laughs> cigars. cigars, looking for cigars on the list. And, smoke them all. You know, you know that's how they were finding new things. They were they were looking for new things using an app on their phone, and you know, personally, I thought that was a little bit strange. You know, and and you know, it it certainly did take a long time because they weren't looking for any assistance. They just wanted to use their little Pokemon Go cigar app to find the things that they were looking for. And, you know, they were also looking for things that, if you age, you know, it evolves too. 
they were looking for things that maybe have been <laughs> discontinued, you know what I mean? Um, you know, but how do you guys, and, and Nick, I know what you're going to say, but, really? you know, thinking about it from the consumer perspective, how do you find new cigars to smoke? We all get in the same kind of ruts. You know, I, lately, you know, I've been on a big Roma Craft kick. You know, the whole nah. Pastor Padron thing has, has almost become the Reverend of Roma. And it's, you know... Aromatherapy. Aromatherapy. And, you know, I tend to, to, to go there first. And, it you know, it takes some work to just say, no, nah, you know what? I need to get out of the box. I need to find something new. I need to try something new. How do you guys find new cigars and... Maybe as tobacconists, maybe the question is, how would you suggest people find new things to smoke? smoke you know, like, you know, using magazines and their ratings or like these guys who are in the store using some kind of app that was, you know, saying what was hot or what they should try. You know, should you talk to tobacconists? Should you, you know, ask the guy who's in the shop? Ask your friends? You know, or just luck of the draw, you know, go to just pick up something you never tried before and say, hey, I'm just going to try this. It looks cool. How, how do you guys do it? The, the best way you can do it is to go to the site halfwheel.com because they will always talk about the, the latest and newest releases of cigars uh, that are on the market. And so whether we get it or not, um, we will probably get a majority of them, uh, but the, I, I will. I've talked to clients too who are always looking for the latest and greatest. And we have mm -hmm. a client who comes in every week and says, "What's the latest and greatest that's in the humidor?" And I'll I'll point it out to them. But I, I, I'll always make sure that <laughs> it's I always and, a cigar. And then they go back to the padrone. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now we have a client who comes in. He's 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 a regular. He comes in every every week, usually on a Wednesday. Um, and the first thing he says to me, hey, Paul, what's the latest and greatest? And if there's anything new in the humidor, I'm going to point it out to him. He's always going to take it. He'll take my recommendations uh, without fail. And because uh, he just likes, he loves to smoke and mm -hmm. he'll, he'll, he'll get a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. But for clients who really want to know what's, what's out there, um, I'll, I'll say, listen, go to Half Wheel. Go to halfwheel.com. Um, we, we use that a lot here in the humidor. To not only for information, but also for new releases and, and news and stuff like that. And that's a great uh, information tool to have to learn about what's out there. And like I said, most of the time we will have them in our humidor. Yeah, I can uh, echo Paul's sentiments there. You know, there's a lot of cigar sites out there and um, some of them are good. Some of them have a lot of misinformation. Half Wheel is not one of those. Half Wheel does a very good job of fact-checking itself. Uh, so if, if it tells you what's in a cigar, that you can pretty much count on being accurate. Um, it's a great place to find out what's new. Um, Nick, what about you? Do you do the same thing? Do you refer people to Half Wheel if they want to find out what's new? What do you suggest? Um, coming into Twins Lendary or Hookset. Um, usually we're on the forefront of bringing in new cigars. Um, I found... We are on the cutting edge. We are on the cutting edge. Um, I found 
that half wheel can be hit or miss mm -hmm. with some of the cigars. Like we'll have the cigars for like two weeks and then halfway we'll come out with a review of that cigar, whether it be a TAA exclusive or whether it be um, a new cigar from Aurora or Tatuaje or anything like that. But sometimes um, half wheel doesn't have it and we'll have it. So just come so, to Nick. So just, just come, come to Nick. Just come and talk I'll to me. You some talk to Dan. Dissidents. Talk to Paul. Um, usually we do a good job of, of bringing in the new cigars before they even hit any of the review tables. So I always, you know, direct them to come in and see what we have new. Most of the time that we have new, new items in, um, and you can also, uh, get on Cigar Aficionado as well. Cigar Aficionado does have some new cigars, although come up with, uh, different articles for new cigars or top 10 or you know the best cigars for you know the covid virus or something like that for a quick, for a <laughs> the quick... best cigars for the covid virus yes yeah, are so... you looking to get covid try um... these cigars because <laughs> they've been rolled in factories that just don't give a crap <laughs> so... look at uh, look at rod who's one of our uh, uh long -time listeners <laughs> he lives in Canada. Since the nearest brick and mortar is 2,000 miles away, oh. I get my recommendations from you podcasts <laughs> like you guys. I've also tried Half Wheel as well, and that is a good resource too. So, yeah, yeah. yes, podcasts are another way to find yeah. uh, good information on cigars. Again, pick your podcasts carefully uh, because not all of them do all the research that uh, we do to make sure that at least half of what you hear is true. <laughs> right uh -huh. you're welcome dave what about you what do uh how do you find new cigars or how do you encourage customers to find new cigars well, to try for myself i listen to my customers you know um you and, learn about uh, new stuff from your customers yeah <laughs> so uh you know well, i hear why why are you working here there's a there's a quite a lot of cigars that we do not carry there's a quite a lot of cigars that we don't know to carry don't you jar jar things me. I just uh, did that. <laughs> um, I have spoken. But no. <clears throat> if, based on what someone likes, like if they like Connecticut's, I'll, I'll bring them to different Connecticut's. If they like Maduro's, I'll bring them to different Maduro's. Uh, if they like a certain brand, I'll bring Hi, them to, to similar uh, brands uh, that are made in the same region. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's what I'll do for the, for the customer base. Um, I, I typically, I'm not in the habit of reading half wheel every day. Um, not really so, in the habit of reading, right? Well, I read a lot. The, uh, science fiction. No, I read, I read a lot of science. Fiction. But, uh, no, just science. <laughs> I watch science fiction. The, uh, but, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's me. Yeah. yeah. Now. Does that all translate into into pipes and tobacco and stuff too? The same kind of thing. Well, there's a you you've told me about uh, was it the, the not the Briar Report? It's another one that talks about more tobacco, about tobacco. reviews. Tobacco reviews, yes, yes. That's a great place as far as finding pipe tobacco goes. And what I like about um, tobaccoreviews.com is that they are all reviews that are written by people by consumers who are smoking the stuff and so you get that opinion 
from the people who are actually smoking it. And um, they are very good about um, giving you the facts of what's in the blend at the top of the page uh, before all the reviews start. But uh, it is a large, large collection of reviews. There's some 80,000 different reviews on just about every tobacco that there is. And that's a great place to go and find information, especially if you can find uh, a person who reviews tobaccos a lot, who has a similar palate to you. Um, that's a great way to uh, find and try new stuff. Um, TobaccoReviews.com is also one of the resources I use to kind of um, get a feel of, of brands that I might be thinking about bringing into the store. And I'll make um, uh, recommendations for us to bring in based on what I see customers really liking um, already so that I'm not bringing in duds as much as possible there. Um, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I all of all of the things that are out there like Half Wheel and podcasts, you know, are, are uh, and magazines like Cigar Aficionado. Those are great support things. But I really think that there's no substitute for having a relationship with your local tobacconist. Obviously, Rod doesn't have the choice. It's, you know. 2,000 miles to the nearest tobacco shop oh, where he is. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, um, my friend. So some people, that's just not going to work. But, you know, when you can be building a relationship with your tobacconist and you can explain the things that you like, uh, the experience, how you like to experience your tobacco, what kind of flavors or, um, um, uh you know, what kind of body that you're looking for, whether it be mild, medium, full-bodied stuff. Do you like spice? Do you not like spice? The more that you can tell um, your tobacconist about what you like, the more they can really make uh, great choices uh, that you might just want to, to try out. And um, obviously, you know, the better, the better the you know, the tobacconist knows you and the better they know the stuff that they are have available to you, the better it's going to be. And not all tobacconists are equal. You know, here at Twins, we work very hard to be very educated about what's in the store. And uh, at Twins, we have a lot. So we're very knowledgeable about what we have to offer, whether it's cigars or uh, tobacco for pipes like this stuff. Uh, so I, I, I like having the relationship with the, I like the person to ask me what, what, what to try. And, uh, part of that then means I need to be trying just about everything that comes in, because if I don't know what's going on and what's available in the shop, I'm not going to be able to help the person. And that means needing, being willing to smoke out of my box and smoke things that aren't really in my wheelhouse or even in my comfort zone. Uh, because, you know, not everyone's like me and you need to be willing to, you know, become, you know, you need to be willing to see and suggest things that the customer would want, not necessarily what you would want right. or be drawn to. And that's really the rub. And that's where, you, you know, that's what separates a real great tobacconist from 
your average Joe Schmo that's running a cigar shop is that they're willing to get into your head and your wheelhouse and your flavor profile and recommend things that you would like, whether they would smoke those willingly or not, you know? Uh, so all those other things, I think are great support things. They're not bad, but they don't substitute, you know, for me, uh, with having a relationship with your local tobacconist who can help you pick out what you want. Uh, Kurt Kendall's listening. He says, sup. <laughs> <clears throat> sup, Kurt. What's up, boss? We know you're watching. We know you're watching. We know you're always watching, Kurt boy. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad you're watching our show. That's fantastic. Um, so let's see here. Uh, that Okay, so now I've done Cigar Confessions here. We can go back to our... Uh, notes here and let's talk a little bit about some things that are coming up here at twins um, you know there may not be a lot to do outside of uh, your house with this whole COVID-19 stuff going on you may just be looking forward to school starting again so that your kids leave the house for the first time in six months every other week anyway yeah Dave doesn't have that choice anymore his kids are all graduated they're home with him all the time playing video games. Isn't that right, Dave? That is correct, Dave. Isn't that right, Dave? That is right. So <laughs> we have some things to help you get out of the house and get over your COVID blues because that's just the kind of people we are. We care about you. And um, the first thing coming up is this Saturday at uh, Twins in Londonderry, we have Pipe Club. And uh, we are going to be continuing our Blind Taste Challenge. We have four... Uh, tobaccos that we're going to be smoking. They're all going to be similar blends, but no one is going to know exactly what they are. And uh, people who show up are going to smoke them and rate them on a number of different scales. And then the winners of uh, the tobaccos that turn out on top will end up going against each other at a later date. It's going to be very, very interesting. We started this the uh, last time we got together in July. We're continuing that this month. It's going to go on for a few more months. It's actually going to be a 15-round elimination thing in which one tobacco out of 16 will end up on top, being the Twins Pipe Club Pipe Tobacco of the Year. Now, do not uh, despair, you cigar-smoking people who do not smoke pipes. We have events for you, too. Starting with the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust event at both Hooksit and Londonderry locations. Uh, the 13th at Hooksit from 3 to 8. And the following day, the 14th from 4 to 9 in Londonderry. We're going to have great deals on Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Cigars, which includes Sober Mesa, Mi Carita, The Tricky Traca, Todos Las Dias, Umbagogs, and the Sober Mesa Brulee. Oh, yeah. Is it sugar-tipped or not? Steve says it's not, but we don't believe him. Mm -mm. <laughs> Even though he was on the show saying, no, no, Dan, I don't sugar-tip nothing unless I tell you. But Paul says, you're lying. There's some cognitive dissonance going on. And uh, Conspiracy actually, theory. Yeah, That's conspiracy theory. 
is the brulee sugar tipped? Come in and find out for yourself. Hey, Dan. Rod wants to know, so what's the first rule of Pipe Club? The first rule of Pipe Club is come to Pipe Club. <laughs> the second rule of Pipe Club is smoke at Pipe Club. That's Those true. are the only two rules of Pipe Club. Okay. Uh, and then there is the 23rd Smoking Blues Barbecue coming up on September 19th. That is a fantastic event that will go from 12 to 6. General admission for that is $135, VIPs 160 and the spouse tickets. For those of you who want to bring somebody and have them not get cigars, but just have the food, it's $50. Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about what goes on at the Blues Barbecue? It's, it's, a, it, it's a circus-like event, my friend. It's a circus-like event. Yes, it is a... It's an event like a circus. It's a great time. Uh, people who come out just have a great time from 12 to 6. If you're VIP, it's 11 to 6. You get that a uh, few extra cigars in your, in your bag of goodies. You get breakfast. You get a nice uh, cocktail. Uh, you get to see all the staff there just eager to uh serve you serve you and make sure you have a great time we don't treat you like aliens no <laughs> oh, heather calls the spouse ticket the bitch ticket <laughs> yes that may be true that may be true um yeah and you're getting about 200 bucks worth of cigars yes, you in are. your bag yes, for you the are. 135 plus swag Plus swag, plus all the food. Plus all the food, plus all the games, plus all the vendors, plus all the, the entertainment. Uh, Kurt is holding court. We're all having a great time. Just come on out. You'll If you've never been to the Smoking Blues Barbecue, just take our advice. Come on out, and you'll have an absolutely great time. No doubt about it. <clears throat> there are 200 tickets for that event. Um, we have not yet... Um, been told whether or not we can reach that maximum 200 uh, headcount with all this COVID stuff going on. So get your butt down to Twins and pick yourself up a ticket and get your significant other a ticket and don't get the spouse ticket. Pay the whole thing and then take their cigars if they don't want them. I mean, come on. That's the only logical thing to do. That's right. Absolutely. That's right, baby. It's the only logical thing to do. And because you don't want to be uh, caught with us all of a sudden realizing that we can't have 200 people and all of a sudden ticket sales are gone. And it's not like the tickets aren't selling. We're already moving a lot of these things. Um, they're not going to be around forever. So get them now. Um, Rod says, those are good rules for Pipe, pipe Club. Yes, I know. Those are good rules for Pipe Club. Come to Pipe Club. Smoke at Pipe Club. That's it. That's all you need to know about Pipe Club. Um, now it's time for News with Paul. Yes, it is. Paul, what news do you have for us in the cigar and pipe industry tonight? So this is from a cigar aficionado. Ooh, cigar aficionado. The 2020 Cigar Retail Survey, Toros Supplant Robustos as a best-selling size oh like i didn't see that coming from the yeah, survey right. is from 141 cigar shops showed that there is a new favorite cigar size in america toro toro, toro! 
this, this, this. Is it Toro? The cigar world was long dominated by the Robusto, a short, plump size that has been the most popular for roughly the past quarter century. Plump. But there's a new king in the cigar world, and it's oh. the Toro. In our latest Cigar Insider survey of cigar shops across the United States, a commanding 51.7% of retailers named the Toro, also known as a Corona Gorda, as their best-selling size, compared to a mere 24.1%. With a robusto. Really? That so is that the next, the next most popular size is twenty four percent. Yes, it is. Wow. However, we'll get to the however in a moment. Yeah, however. In last year's survey, robusto ranked number one, as toros are essentially slightly longer, slightly fatter robustos. Consumers have clearly shown a preference for smokers for smokes of greater girth. <laughs> and, 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 Smokers prefer greater girth. That's good news for Pastor Padron. Not so good news That's for Paul. <laughs> Adding fuel to that trend is the strong showing for the number three cigar, the Grande. The Grande. A six by si 60 smokes or fatter, which was named number one by 17.2% of those answering. Fat, underlined, hyphenated. And bolded Ooh. is a fat is a selling point in today's cigar world. Mm -hmm. A slim uh, the slim cigars just doesn't sell. Penatellas, the thinnest uh, sorry the thinnest standard cigar size was named as the worst selling cigar by nearly half of those answering on our survey. Survey followed by Lonsdale and Petit Coronas tied at one point two percent, which are thinner than Toros or Robustos. Does that that's list does that list have Lanceros anywhere on there? Well, since Lanceros are particularly are a Penatella, it's one point two percent. Okay, so they're they're classified under the Penatella. Yes, they are. Okay. What came in as number four is Churchill's, mm. and mm. and our store. I don't know what hooks it does, but in our store, the bigger ring gauges are immensely popular. Oh yes, they are. It is amazing to me. The sausages that people will buy, <laughs> the you know the sausages, the seventy ring gauge cigars. It's amazing how many of those fly off the shelves. Eighty ring gauge cigars. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's amazing. You know, I I couldn't. I'd get lockjaw if I tried smoking one of those things. But they love it. But but people love them and people smoke them and you know. Uh, it's it's true, you know, a, a sixty ring gauge cigar, that is, you know, one of the best selling cigars that that you will have in any given line. Yeah, is whatever is like a six by sixty or something like that, and you know, kind of, you know, along that same line of fat, but hearkening back to the robusto, one of the biggest selling things that we have is is from CLE cigars. There's 64, there, what is it, 69, 69, yeah. 69 by 4? Mm-hmm, yep. An almost 70 ring gauge cigar that's 4 inches long. It's like, it's like a glorified nub. Yeah. And, the, uh, and talking about CLE, the Asylum, which mm -hmm. is uh, part of that, that line, the 7 by 70 is their most popular line in the Asylum group. We, 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 we have a hard time keeping them in stock. We've got uh, consumers who just buy them by the box. 
and we've got even more of them who are buying them uh, just you know the 80 by 80s sell very 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 well there uh, in every line the, the grandes are just uh, just the, what they mm. what they are craving so Kurt what does baby arms mean what what, what are you referring to <laughs> baby arms I, I have no idea what that means and Heather says, F you all. Lanceros are a cigar love and cigar. Those big mirroring gauges, which I think she meant to say ring gauges, but she said mirroring gauges are for the insecure. Well, Heather, spell check before you get your stuff up there, okay? The world is watching. The world is watching, Heather. Mm-hmm. And Dave Hack says, Heather, you just nailed it. Okay, I'm still waiting for Kurt to tell us what baby arms means. I have no idea what that is. But um, it's true. The, uh, uh, the MJ-12 is a great example of that. It's a 6 by 56 That's a large, uh, you know, supersized Toro. That's a, a, a really big, thick cigar. And that thing flies off the shelves, man. Yeah. The MJ-12, man, the, the, the aliens love that cigar. They do. Well, think about all the lines that we that offer a six by sixty. I mean, in the seven twenty four mm. line, the Gagger mm-hmm. is a is an immensely popular cigar size, uh, both in the uh, Brazilian Matafina and in the WK and in the seven uh, the Factory fifty seven mm-hmm. and in the eighteen seventy four. Yeah. So they they all sell incredibly well. And then you t- you look at other other cigar lines too. Uh, we our shop is uh, just a big ring factory so to speak it's it, it just it we just sell a lot of big ring uh cigar sizes. the grande yeah. Yeah, the, grandes, the yeah. grande in uh um the, the Charter Charter Oak, Charter Oak sells incredibly oh, yeah. well yeah well look at the double digger double, double digger, digger yeah digger we got yep. eight we and a half by 60 in. yep. inches of Buys a goodness box every week la gloria cubana mm-hmm. yeah you know. mm-hmm. oh yeah the number six yep the 64 all that every, what's every Charter time. Oak grande yeah, that's yeah. We, we, we talked that. about that two minutes ago, Dave. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of cognitive dissonance there, Dave. <laughs> oh yeah. Now suffering from the producer chair. What um, what is the fattest cigar you've ever smoked, Dave? What's the biggest thing you've put in your mouth? Uh, Ooh, <laughs> uh, the pandemonium. The uh, which pandemonium? Which one? I can't remember which one. Because they do the 56. The 56, the 60, 60 and the 70. 70. It had to be the 70. Yep. That's a pretty big smoke. Mm-hmm. It's not big enough, though. What about you, Nick? The eight. You smoke everything. I do. I do. I smoke everything. And the one that I was very uh, hesitant to smoke was the 8x80 from CLE, Asylum 13. The Asylum 8x80? Yeah. Did you smoke it? I smoked it. It took me two and a half hours to smoke. Mm. And it was an actual good cigar. Mm. It was pretty damn good. But that's the biggest cigar that we have out of the 20,000 cigars that we have in our walk-in in Londonderry. And I smoked it to the note, past the band, and it took me two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Paul? Um, I've smoked several 7 by 70 cigars, but the one that stands out is the Asylum Medulla Oblongata 7x70 box pressed. Ooh, that's a big boy right that's there. That's a big boy. That's a, that's a mouthful. 
It is a mouthful, a big Dave. Mouthful. Yep. That Paul. But it was a. Uh, really, How did you survive? Oh, well, I had a second one right behind it. There you really? Go. I did. I, That's a good I, cigar. I, I I'll take two. <laughs> it That's was, a good cigar. It was a great cigar. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed that very, very much. Mm. Yep. Paul smashed it and said, I'll have another. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Kudos, uh, Dave. <laughs> a 7 by 70 Ogre is the largest cigar I've ever had. I have not been able to bring myself to do the 80 ring gauge. Um, I, you know, at a, at a previous shop I worked at, they had one that was, uh, I think, 110 ring gauge. What? Yeah, it was an immense cigar. Uh, wow. Lots of uh, Asians bought it. <laughs> bring it back with them That's to Japan. Um, but I just could not bring myself to. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to smoke that. We had uh, one customer come in that I won't say his name, but he did buy that cigar and he smoked it up at the lounge. That cigar. That cigar. Which is that cigar of the which one, you speak? The one you just talked about. The, the 110 one. ring yeah. gauge? Yeah. He went upstairs and he smoked it and I think he smoked half of it and he put it out. He couldn't finish it. Yes, Dave, you are correct. But... Uh, I shall not uh, uh, specifically name the place of which that was that I am referring. Uh, Heather says, listen, people, I smoke the Gaga, and it has its place, but my true love is the Lancero. If it was good enough for Castro, it's good enough for me, because communists rule. No, she didn't say that. I've smoked a lunatic 80, and it sucked. It was just so bland, and it went on forever. Blah. Well, you know, the larger the ring gauge, you know, the more toned down the flavors are going to be in the cigar that you're smoking because most of the flavor that you experience comes from the wrapper. And the larger the ring gauge, the less of the wrapper you're going to taste compared to everything else. Um, So... That makes total sense to me that things would be very, very toned down in a larger ring gauge cigar. But some people just want to, you know, uh, light up something and stick it in the mouth. You know, they're not really looking for taste. They're just looking for something to burn. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Nick. Yeah. 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 Uh, Matt says, I'm done, guys. Been a good run. Well, that's... uh, I don't really know what that means. Is is do we need to call nine one one or something? <laughs> Matt, do you need help? We, we do call, care. We, we can care, call emergency Matt. services. We love you, Matt. Don't do it, Matt. Don't we'll do you. it. But we'll, we'll, there are we'll people get Kurt who care up there you. with some Lanceros, brother. Mm-hmm. There there are certain cigar lines, however, that I do prefer the larger ring gauge. Uh, like so. There's several that come to my mind. First of all, the uh, Chata Oak uh, Connecticut Broadleaf Grande is my favorite. The uh, Oliva V Double Toro is my favorite. Mm. The Oliva V Milanio Double Toro is my favorite in all yeah. of their lines. I, I, for some reason, they, they bring out the most flavor. And I know, I know it, go, it goes against what we all talk about, but the smaller ring gauges bring out the most flavor because it has less tobacco, more wrapper. But I've smoked all of those cigar sizes in those 
particular lines, and I keep coming back to the larger ring gauge. Mm. I think it just provides <coughs> the best flavor for me. Mm. For All those right. who didn't know, Pablo's real name is Pablo Maduro Toro. Pablo Maduro. Maduro Grande. Maduro Grande. <laughs> Maduro Grande. It sounds better, Dave, but it also is true. Mm. You ready for a would you rather question? We are. Ooh. Hit us. Dave, would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Oh, personal chef. Ooh. Well, considering that I can cook, I'd rather go for the maid. Got a, of course got a dirty you house, huh? Yeah. Got a dirty Dave's, house. He's yeah. got a very dirty house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's you a nice man. Dirty maybe. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty mind to go with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not surprised. Nick? It's going to be the chef, man. It's going to be the chef because you don't like cooking. Dave, even, no, I, I love cooking. My wife is an amazing cook, mm-hmm. but our house is always clean. So I don't need the maid, and to have uh, an executive chef at my house always cooking, I love to eat. My wife loves to eat as well. Yep. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. To have a chef always cooking something, I'd be 400 pounds, and I'd love it. Mm. I'd love every minute of it. Paul. Mm. Do you want to have a 400-pound Nick in your house? No, not really. <laughs> or would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? I, I, I could absolutely see a need for a personal maid. A personal Hallelujah. maid. So I, I love to cook. My girlfriend loves to cook. She works from home. We've got a bunch of animals, and the, the house can get a little, you know, uh-huh. it can get overrun, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I could absolutely see the need for a personal maid. I would mm-hmm. absolutely go for that. Pastor Padron would definitely go for the maid. Uh, unlike everybody else here, I have three teenage girls living in my house. Um, having a clean house seems kind of like a conspiracy theory to me. It's cognitive dissonance going on. I could really use the maid. I could really use the maid. <laughs> I could use two maids. Um, they'd probably be overwhelmed they would probably be overwhelmed if there were two maybe three or four i mean just you know maybe one per kid it's it's you know two two you know my my oldest and my middle girls maggie and uh rachel they both have add uh, the inattentive type uh which shows very much so in how they <laughs> like like maggie god bless her she's turned into such a great cook She's she's going to be 18 in a few months, and um, she actually just had surgery today. I'm glad she's doing good, and, and you know, uh, hey, Maggie, Dad says hi. Um, but, uh, and she's so great. But, you know, when she's done cooking, everything that she was using to cook is still there in the kitchen. You know, like all the empty cans, all the empty meat things, all the, you know, and the trash can's right there. It's like, come on, <laughs> throw it out. You know, put the recycling in the recycling. Why can't you? It's, it boggles my mind. But it's, it's like they don't think of it. And Anna, you know, you know, she's got the, you know, wherever she goes, she just leaves everything because she just forgets. So a maid, I don't even have to think about it, a maid. 
or six. Six, that's, yeah. six. That's what I'd pick. One for one for every room. I don't mind. I don't mind cleaning the house. And it, this goes back to, the Dave says, uh, Nick, did you clean the house? I'm always cleaning the house, brother. You uh-huh. know that. You yeah. have no it's choice. Kinda, it's kind of an in, yeah. inside joke with the hacks, uh, mm-hmm. with that one. But um, yes, I'm always cleaning the house. I'd like a making sure a, a land. A, a, what is it? A land a landscaper. 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 Land- yeah, landscape. No, well, not a landscaper, but a a, a landskeeper. Midwife? No, not at all. <laughs> a landskeeper, just to kind of keep up with uh, the land. Yeah, with the property. I have three and a half acres. So a property manager is what you're looking for. Yeah, I need a property manager. I need a couple guys outside uh, picking up, uh, you know, taking care of the chickens or something like that. I got the inside of the house. Give me a landscaper, landskeeper, or you know, and the chef. Groundskeeper. Groundskeeper. That's what I was looking Is for. Is that what you were thinking of, Nick? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Is the chickens destined for something? I mean, you. This is, this is the longest. This is the longest you've held chickens for, as far as I've known you. I had a scare the other day. I had two hawks circle in the property, mm-hmm. and I had the chickens and the turkeys out, and they were getting pretty close. They were probably about maybe fifty or twenty feet from the property in the air, and they were circling. I had to get the chickens and the turkeys in the coop quickly, but um. Do you keep guns in the coop? No, they're in the house. Okay, but I make sure at least do one. Do you have of a television the... in the coop? I do, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. They watch it's... pigs in space. They pigs do Muppets thing, space. yes. But I make sure they get out and they do some grazing, and I put them back. No, in the they coop. watch Robot Chicken Dan. Robot Chicken is a good show. I like watching Robot Chicken. And what about Chicken Run? Do they watch that? Uh, they do not, no. No, that would give them ideas. They would, yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. But the chickens are there to produce eggs. The, the turkeys are not. The turkeys are there for one purpose. Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving. That's right. That's right. They're about... Uh, we actually found out that we might have two males, two toms. And they're about 10 to 15 pounds now. Mm. They have mm. some more fattening up to do. Oh, yeah. I'm, so I'm you only have at, two turkeys. I only have two turkeys, and I have <laughs> six chickens. Just me and my wife. We have the two turkeys. So those turkeys are, are, doomed, <laughs> are doomed for Thanksgiving for you. At least one. At what, least well, one. What, what's going to happen to the other one? <laughs> I don't know yet. I just, don't know. Just go for broke, dude, and... Maybe it'll be Zeus's dinner. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We feed our, our Rottweiler raw. So we'll see what happens. Mm. What is our final verdict now on the uh, Luxury Twist Flake by Peter Stokeby? Just it's a, fantastic. Just a wonderful <laughs> uh, Virginia uh, tobacco. It's, mm. it's got some a great fruit. Uh, not, grape, not grapefruit. Great fruit. Flavor. Uh, That's nice. grape. <laughs> great, great bread notes. Uh, wonderful earthy, earthy wood notes too. The drink is bringing out more of those earthy wood notes. Uh, just, really, I think this is a fantastic tobacco, and the fact that you can get it uh, for what seven bucks for a seven two bucks ounce, for two ounces, ounce bag yeah. is yeah. just fantastic. I would absolutely recommend this. You it's said fantastic. the F word. You said fantastic. Phenomenal. It's transcending. It's transcendent. Phenomenal. Nick, what do, what do you think about this uh, Virginia here? It's got a lot of tobacco notes. A lot of tobacco notes. 
Like, I don't know why. Could be the tobacco, Nick. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. It's definitely a buy. That's what she said. It's definitely a buy. <laughs> I finished my bowl. I packed it all the way to the top. And I went through that thing in, what, half hour? Yeah, you 45. haven't been smoking in a long time. You've just been drinking. That, too. The the Knob Creek 12-year. Uh, did it go well with your tobacco? It or was did. it too much? No, it's just right. I'm not sure I believe it. Was that, you. It, was that uh, it was that Goldilocks theory. It was just right. Uh-huh. Dave, what did you uh, think, you little nerp? I loved my four roses with my tobacco. It brought out the Virginias, my favorite part. The well, retro that's hail. good because that's all that was in it was Virginias. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't have anything else to bring out, Dave. What uh, flavors did it bring out? A little bread. Little dried fruit. Um, it was the retro hail is like smooth and kind of spicy a little bit. It was really, really fantastic. Mm. Mm. This is a really good all day smoke. Yeah. All day, any time of day kind of smoke. Um, if you like Virginia blends, if you are a Virginia kind of person, this is definitely something you want to. Uh, keep around with you. Um, it's a really nice medium-bodied Virginia. It's not light by any means, but it's also not really uh, too heavy. It, 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 this could go with coffee. This could go with iced tea. Yeah. This could go with, you know, the, the yeah, bourbon no that I'm drinking. Coffee. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's 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 the kind of tobacco that really just goes with so many different things. Um, you know, I, you know, I get the bread notes, I get the dried fruit, I get, um, you know, a nice, you know, uh, background sweetness to it, uh, that I assume is from the Cavendish process that this tobacco goes through. Do I taste Matt's nuts? <laughs> I, I hope no. not. No. I hope not. <laughs> no, I don't get That's nuts. But... I do get, you know, some some woody notes with this, um, a little bit of earthiness to it. Um, it's not terribly complex, uh, but it's enjoyable, you know, in and of itself. I've enjoyed smoking it the whole time, and uh, uh, I haven't smoked it as fast as Nick, but I'm almost done uh, with uh, my bowl of tobacco here, and... Uh, I can recommend it. It's it's very very good. I understand why this is so popular. Yeah. And um, sure. I think it's one of the you know a, a lot of times I think you know pipe smokers, um, and this maybe it's just me, but I tend to lean towards tins. I tend to lean towards mm. the tobacco that is not wicked mass produced like this stuff. You know, if you get this stuff in bulk, it comes in five pound bags. You're never going to have a shortage of, uh, well, actually, I take that back. This comes in in uh, one and a half pound boxes. Yeah, bricks. Uh, bricks. And, but you're never going to have a shortage of this stuff. They just make so much of it. And because of that, because it's you know so mass produced, uh, I, I typically am not thinking about these kind of tobaccos, the Peter Stokebees, the Lanes. Uh, but this is really good stuff. And, you know, it's making me think that I need to rethink uh, how I approach uh, my own uh, 
collection of pipe tobacco that I keep at the house and keep in my bag. Uh, this is this is really good stuff. It's a good everyday blend. So you're suffering from cognizant dissidence. Cognitive dissidence, yes. 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 <laughs> what was that, Dave? What was that? What was that? This is some, something that was supposed to be English but came out more Yiddish. Yes, yep. All right. Next week, uh, we're going to be stepping it up a notch. If uh, this week was uh, really kind of the middle of the road, kind of nice, medium-bodied, good stuff, next week we're going full-bodied. We are going to be smoking the Toros Las Dias double-wide Bellicoso. I like it, I like uh, it. From Steve Saka. And uh, we are going to have with us Yvonne Ramey, uh, who I am very excited to have on the show. She uh, is one of Steve Saka's employees over there at Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, which is about 30 minutes from Twins. Yep. They are uh, pretty local to us, and she's a good friend of Twins, and uh, I'm glad that she's going to be with us on the show and um, in the second half of the show, we're going to be lighting up something that we have recently brought in to Twins. It's been out for a while, but it's new to Twins. We're going to be smoking Briarworks Country Lawyer. Ooh. Oh. Country Lawyer oh. pipe tobacco. Oh. So make sure you get to Twins and pick up a, a double wide Bellicoso and some Briarworks Country Lawyer. Which comes in its own beautiful little mason jar yes a reusable mason jar and uh, it's a great size so after you've finished it uh you might very well want to just get some more but then you can fill it up with something else which is great great stuff make sure you can uh make sure that you are following us on facebook at uh njbs podcast uh, so that you don't ever miss a thing that's it for this week, people. We'll see you next week, next Monday night at 8 o'clock, right here. Same bet channel, same bet time. Until next week, stay smoky, my friends. Another day, another smoke. And that's not just blowing smoke. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking on a fat cigar. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking on a fancy guy.